Welcome to The Observer Effect, a podcast of travel stories. Each week we hope to bring you a conversation with someone we meet overseas, and at least one good story. Munif had just said a startling thing. I was in his home, which he shares with his friend Sana. He said that he had just learned to smile. It struck me that travel asks different things of different people. Munif and Sana aren't from America, and He had just started a job the day before, uh, gone to orientation, and found himself uh, wanting to smile. So, of course, I fumbled and and turned on the recorder and asked him to repeat what he had just said. It's never the same uh, when you repeat, but I think you get the idea. Yeah, in America, I learned, I learned to smile. Mm-hmm. Because in our culture, it's not too important to smile to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to buy something from from the store, yeah, you don't need to smile. You come only to buy things and go away. Mm-hmm. Just do your job. When do you smile in your culture? Yeah, no, uh, this is to everyone have your hair personality, you know? Uh-huh. So some people smile. Some people smiling, some people laughing, some people have a sad face like me. Yeah. <laughs> you call it a sad face? My my face it was very always like this. Really? Yeah. All your life? Yeah. She she knows that. You agree? Yeah. <laughs> you smile a lot. Yeah. Why do you smile so much? Maybe because uh, to be uh, positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes to have some sadness in my, my heart. Yeah. yeah. So is it a fake smile? Sometimes. Yeah. Is that hard to do? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, for me it's easy to to smile or to yeah. but when I uh, what I feeling angry or I mean I can't smile. Yeah. And so at your new job they told you you must smile or is it no really because easy? because my work I'm not in touch with the customers or mm-hmm. uh, so I don't have to but you started smiling at the orientation yeah smiling to everyone but it was really hard yeah. <laughs> why did you choose to do that I mean how, how did you know because I, I want them to like me you know it's my first day there and I want to be friendly, I want to smile, I want to be... Because they, they want that from me. 
Yaho, did you notice that when you came to Chicago or in Beirut or when did you start? Yeah, thinking here, about, here, thinking about what? About smiling. Here, about the difference. Here. Can you remember when you first realized, oh, people smile here? Yeah, in North Carolina. Really? Yeah. They was very friendly, everyone smiling. <laughs> everyone say good morning. Yeah. Like there was uh, boys come and smile to, to our faces. So I asked, do you know her? <laughs> do you know her? Who is this? He said no. So. Actually, I think uh, I this. Sorry, what? I didn't mean jealous. Yeah. Jealous? Jealous? Yeah. You, you felt jealous? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. When people smile at her. When people <laughs> come and... Uh, it's not easy to see your ex talking with another one. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, there are an old man, mm-hmm. and I was in the French station, he said, hello, said, hello. he said, uh, you look like uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great compliment. You look like Scarlett Johansson. He said that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know who is she, so I, when he leave, I searched on Google. Oh. But uh, she has blonde hair and um, black Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great compliment, though. I don't know why he say that. <laughs> how, if I can ask, how has it been? Uh, it's such a strange situation for you, being exes but living together. Do you feel tension? Is it difficult? Actually, I think the. Uh, our relationships is now is stronger than loves or anything. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, like water, like uh, uh, the air. You cannot live without other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I admire you guys uh, for supporting each other this way. You know. It's really interesting to me. I've never met a couple that are no longer a couple but still supporting each other like this through this time, you know? And I'm really curious to see what happens in the future when you decide to go different ways, you know? Um, it's hard for me to believe that you will <laughs> go no, that, different that's ways. That's some, that will happen mm-hmm. because everyone will, will find his or her love, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because because we are uh, we are living now like best best friends, mm-hmm. you know. But there is a part from that we needed. There is a part inside us. It's empty, you know. Mm-hmm. They need it, and when they find that, we will go like that. But I don't think that we will be not friends. Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine. If she not living with me, not talking to me on Facebook or WhatsApp. Yeah. 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 You're friends for life. Yeah. Oh, about three years, that 
Three years, but you can't say that it is ten years because three years, twenty-four hours every day together. Yeah. You know, tomorrow we will start. Like I will go, I will start my work. So there is eight hours. I'm not in home. Change. Yeah. So. Ask what you want, feel free. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my question was, <coughs> do you think you could do this alone? If you didn't have each other, could you make this transition to Chicago? For me, no. For her, yes. <laughs> Like, انتي في كتابي هذا القرار زما كان زما So I say to him that you can come here. Actually, when I uh, when we decided to leave Syria in 2013, actually I can't do that without him. And when we leave from Beirut to Chicago, I was not do it without her, you know? Actually, actually I was very scared from birth because the Lebanese the police is very, very impolite and very... Uh, and respect the Syrian... I mean, in general, not, general. not mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I'm very scared to, to go outside. Can you give an example of how they were disrespectful? Actually, they they don't allow me to access about three times before. To access? What do you mean? Yeah, to go from Syria to Lebanon. Ah. Not for me, uh, actually for the, for a lot of Syrian people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time, I remember we pay uh, some money to him to. To let us to. Wow. Yeah. This is at the border between Lebanon and Syria. Yeah. What is that called? Is it a town or it's called uh, Arida? Do people live there? It's a city or just the port? It's the port. Yeah. Just uh, like police cars or. Like maybe from here to Canada, this port, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's empty. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. So it's like a fence or a wall or nothing? Just a bridge. Bridge. A bridge, okay. A bridge, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, how much did you pay? Uh, about $50. Really? 50 yeah. Uh, but $50, it's... it's a huge amount. In how much is it in... Syria? What, what is it called in, in Syria? Uh, pound. Pound? Syrian pound. Really? Like, yeah. like Britain? 
Yeah, actually in uh, Arabic we say uh, lira. 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 Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how many lira? Fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand lira. Yeah. And you just carry that with you? You had that? No, it's dollar. It's dollar, fifty dollar. Oh, it's dollar. Yeah, one bill. Yeah. You had American money. Yeah. In Lebanon, they use it. They use American money. Wow. And you had that money with you in the car and just gave it Actually, I, I, because uh, I traveling a lot to Lebanon before that, that I, I was having some dollars. I see, I see. Yeah. Wow. In Lebanon, you can use the dollar. It's, it's easy. But in Syria, when, when you use the dollar, you need to exchange it to Syrian pounds and. Mm-hmm. Like you can't give the taxi dollar in Syria, yeah. but in Lebanon it's easy to do that. So you said uh, that you encouraged her to leave because people were laughing at her yeah. in Syria. Yeah. Would you have left Syria if you were not connected with her? Yeah, I will, because I was. Before I go to Armenia, so I'm, I'm, I was planning to go to Armenia again. Mm-hmm. Uh, last, because I said to, to to myself, last time I go to Armenia and I spent all my money on nightclubs and girls and yeah, because I was living in Aleppo and there was war and it was really bad situation. So when I go to Armenia, I spent all my money on this stuff yeah. and go and I borrow money to go back to Syria. Wow. You know? Yeah. So and uh, when I when I came from Turkish war to Syria, I said to myself, Oh my god, what what I do? I go and spend all my money and come back now to this. Yeah. So after that I meet her mm-hmm. and I said, let's go to Beirut. Beirut because it, they're more open-minded, mm-hmm. but they are the same, the same mind. Really? But little bit more, some people more open-minded. So why did you decide to apply for refugee status? Was that, how, how did you know about that? All Syrians in, in Lebanon. There is two or three million Syrians. Mm-hmm. They are in Anshar. Uh, why did you tell her to give 1,000 lira to her mother? This is Turkish. Because there was half as a sub picture on it. Yeah. So I pressed because before I take any step, I think. 1,000 times. So I said, maybe see the picture. Yeah. And they said, oh my God, this is, those people love Hafiz Asad and Bashar Asad. So, so uh, looking back, are you happy with your decision to come here? Actually, it was uh, one option or that. For me, there is one thing that I don't have friends. I need a friend that I talk to them and go outside, hang out together. Mm-hmm. 
you know? Yeah. So that's that's it's too complicated to to do because uh, in always I always have my friend with me like I always have uh, my friend mm-hmm. in Lebanon, mm-hmm. but he is from Syria, so he was always with us, you know. Yeah. He's left his finished his work and mm-hmm. come to our home, not to his home. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So, I need a friend. Where is he now? He's in Lebanon. Yeah. In Beirut? Yeah. He's Lebanese? No, Syrian. Okay. So He's waiting to go outside from Lebanon too. So he left with you? He's from Aleppo? Yeah. And so you guys left together? No. No. He came after me. Is it hard to make friends with Americans? Yeah. Because not everyone can have patience, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Because like when you are sitting now with us, you can't, we can't tell you everything, mm-hmm. you know. Because uh, I think here American they need friends. Who talking together about everything? So we are not in this life. Yeah. What do you mean? Like we are not fast talking and we don't know every every word mm-hmm. in English. So that make hard to make friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not everyone have have patience to use Google mm-hmm. <laughs> Google Translate. Mm-hmm. Have you tried? Have you met people and tried to become friends with them? No, not yet. How about you? <laughs> That's something that I worry about also uh, moving to Spain. It's you never know what the next place will be like if the people are friendly, yeah. if the people are patient. You know, my Spanish is not good, so I will be studying Spanish. And Hola, Pia. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. What do you think? Sad face again. No, it's okay. <laughs> really, it's it's hard to to be alone in in the big city. Actually, because we are together, we're living together. We know everything about each other, and there is nothing happening with us to talking about it. You know? Yeah. Like last last night, I came from orientation meeting, and tell her about what happened with me. Yeah. So for. 30 minutes. After that, what <laughs> what we have to what we talk about? There is nothing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Our life is empty. We talked for a while longer, until I asked him one more question.
What is your second question? Alright, so my last question. <clears throat> Just tell me the story of leaving. What was it like to leave? What happened? What happened in Syria? You mean? In Syria, and then also your personal experience of traveling out of your home to Chicago. The beginning was the revolution start in Syria, mm -hmm. in all Syria, but not in Aleppo city. Mm -hmm. There was all Syria say, "Oh my God, everywhere people died and and they have revolution and people go and say we want freedom, freedom, but not in Aleppo. And Aleppo it's big city. There's seven million people living there. Mm -hmm. So." After all that, the war began in Aleppo, the big war. The biggest war in Syria was in Aleppo. But there was a lot of Islamic Sunni. Mm -hmm. So I was in my own shop and I was selling. This is the first time I see people die. So I listened to the, the gun sounds and I look and see the people died. So I closed the shop and talk with my partner, say to him, Oh my God, people dying here. He said, What you said? How how that happened? I say, I don't know the people. In one hour, Aleppo started the war in Aleppo. One hour. You can't believe it? And there was explosion, big explosions and fifty one hundred people died and I ran to my home and I was sitting in my home without work and I spent all my money. I was for three, four days I living only drinking water. I don't have food. So I talked with my mother, she talked with me. She said, How are you? I said, I'm dying here. I will die. So I was start writing, you know, about my ex-girlfriend and my love and crazy things. I was start writing because I know that I'm dying. So after that, my friend Joseph come and he said, "Oh my God, I was like 14 kilogram, you know, I was the half of this body." I said, you don't eat? I said to him, I don't have food. So he bring food to me. And after that, in every day, he come to me and bring food. So I was eating one lunch in the day. So my mother borrowed money from Jordan, from my family there, and they sent to me the amount. It was like $3,000. So I take this money and go out from Syria, from Aleppo city, and I go to Latakia, the safe place. My father lived there. It's a village, Armenian village named Kesab. So after that, I 
go to Latakia and start work tomorrow. The first time I go to, to Kesa, believe me that my father don't know me because I was like the half of this, my face changed, all my, you know. And uh, the first time I eat with my family, with my father and grandmother, she was making meat and like this thing. So I was not eating meat for months, you know. So I eat and after that I go to hospital because my stomach was without it, you know, it was like this and I eat food like this. So I go to hospital and uh, and yes and after that I start work to my uncle and meet her meet her and move to Beirut and start our new life. The Quaker teacher, Parker Palmer, says, Hospitality is always an act that benefits the host even more than the guest. And Munif adds just this final comment. Yeah, always like, they feel, they give me that feel that you are a refugee. You are you need the help, you need to, you know, mm -hmm. that feeling. Mm -hmm. But I don't need to feel that. I'm, I want to feel that I'm from here. This is my home. Mm -hmm. This is my new life. Mm -hmm. you know? There are numerous ways to do this, of course. Many organizations operate friendship programs or mentorship programs. World Relief, Heartland Alliance, to name a few. I want to thank Munif and Sana for speaking in English and sharing their story with us. We also want to thank Dana Boulay for providing wonderful music for our program. <laughs>